This is Matt Pennington of Radio Free Asia. I'm joined by Drake Long, who reports on the South China Sea for RFA and Banana News. Today, we're going to discuss China's recent naming and claiming of 80 obscure geographical features in the South China Sea. Hi, Drake. Hi, thanks for having me. Drake's been working on a multimedia story about this that's just been published by RFA. So let's unpack this. Drake, can you tell us a little bit first up how did China announce this and why are they doing it? Sure. So China came out with a list of 80 new features with names in mid-April. Um, this is the same weekend, actually, that China announced two new administrative districts with jurisdiction over the entirety of the South China Sea. One district with jurisdiction over the Parasol Islands in the north of the South China Sea and one with jurisdiction over the southern part in the Spratleys. This is not necessarily a coincidence. China made both of these decisions in the same weekend after a months-long tit-for-tat at the United Nations between Malaysia, Vietnam, the Philippines, and itself, where China submitted a claim saying that you know they reiterated their position in the South China Sea. We have historic rights to these waters. We have all of these excessive maritime claims that cannot be argued with. And Malaysia, Vietnam, and the Philippines pushed back. So... By my estimate, the reason for forming those districts and announcing these features on the same weekend is part of that debate. China is simply saying, this is our area. We have jurisdiction. We have local government structures in place over the entirety of the Paracels and the Spratleys. And then on top of that, they're saying, we have always had jurisdiction over these areas on the basis of you know historic rights. And we have historically owned these features, including these underwater features. Look at these names that we've always had for them. Okay, so what I understand is that China has um, already claimed about, well, after these 80 features, it's claimed more than 300 features yes. across the South China Sea, Yes, like islands and, and reefs. And so what's unusual about these 80 features that it's just named? Right. So you're correct that this is not the first list that China has released. Back in 1983, they released some 280 so names for features in the South China Sea. What's interesting this time and what I picked up on were the underwater features. Basically, sea mounts, sea canyons, valleys on the ocean floor that China has assigned names to. And it's very odd to do that because, for one, you cannot have sovereignty over these sorts of underwater features like you can an island. They don't generate economic rights the same way as a rock or a, a island would. So these underwater features are what really stood out to me. And some of them, actually quite a few of them, are well within the continental shelf limits of other countries like Vietnam. So how many of these underwater features have they named? Uh, 55. Okay. How far off are they off the coast of Vietnam? Well, a few of them, I would say maybe a little under 10, are well within 200 nautical miles of Vietnam's coast, although I'd have to check just to be sure. And if they're within 200 nautical miles, that puts them on Vietnam's continental shelf. On top of that, if you look at Vietnam's extended continental shelf, the part of the seabed that they claim is like contiguous with the normal 200 nautical mile limit, uh, countless more. So China has claimed a majority of the underwater features within the seabed that, frankly, are within Vietnam's limits or are within Vietnam's claims. So has any other nation before claimed stuff under sea that no one can see? That's a good question. Uh, there was a legal case between the countries of, I believe, Qatar and Bahrain in 2001 or so, where they were arguing for underwater features. And they actually argued kind of on the same 
line of which China is saying that, you know, we've had these names for these underwater features. We've had uh, cultural heritage claims to these areas because of these names for hundreds or tens of years or so. And that was unanimously struck down in a court. It basically said under international law, there is no reason to name underwater features and pretend that they gives you some type of entitlement to it. You cannot have sovereignty over the seabed whatsoever. It's it's not a thing that states can have. So that's the only precedent as far as I know. Other states have brought up things like underwater cultural heritage, but that usually applies to things like shipwrecks, not the sort of things that China is claiming. So no one else in the South China Sea is claiming underwater features like this? No, they claim a continental shelf. They claim an extended continental shelf. Uh, for example, the diplomatic note that Malaysia sent to the United Nations uh, claiming an extended continental shelf kind of kicked off the whole diplomatic tit-for-tat that I mentioned earlier. But that's not claiming specific underwater features. That's just claiming the seabed itself, like your rights to it. Actually naming and claiming these sorts of underwater mountains, these underwater canyons is unusual. No other claimant has done it so far. Could uh, part of China's motivation for this be the resources that might be under the sea, on the seabed? Right. So that's that's sort of what my suspicion is, although it's it's not particularly clear. A, a lot of other people would simply say that this is more of a psychological purpose. China is, is expressing ownership over these features uh, by attaching a historical name to them. The resources itself, under international law, these underwater features do not generate any type of zone which you can exploit for resources. These resources themselves, like undersea canyons and undersea valleys, may have various kinds of, uh, let's see, like rare earth metals beneath the ocean bed that may have flammable ice, a new type of natural gas that you can extract from the ocean floor. They might have genetic material. It's not abundantly clear that China would be able to get those resources if there were any there in the first place. This seems more so like it's China's expression of its dominance when it comes to undersea mapping. I mean, they have more research vessels than any other country in the world who operate more frequently than any other country. So the reason that they're mapping out these underwater features and giving them names is because, frankly, they can. A lot of other countries simply can't do that. They won't even be able to locate them that easily. Huh. So um, even nations like the United States, do they, do they have the sort of capabilities to map stuff under the water that China does? Oh, absolutely. The USA does, but the USA is not interested in doing that in the South China Sea, per se. A lot of the research that the USA does is not, it has nothing to do with asserting some type of territorial claim. That's kind of the difference here. Undersea mapping for the USA, you know, for the Navy, it's because they want to know what's under the water. For oil and gas companies, which are really quite independent, they don't have anything to do with any country. They kind of operate on their own, uh, their own motive. They are looking for resources. The USA higher education and a lot of the research institutes in the USA are looking at things like genetic material. They're looking at the various sorts of sea environments for preservation purposes or just for research purposes. But for China, a lot of these research vessels, you know, we've seen this with research vessels on the Vietnamese coastline, basically like within the exclusive economic zone of Vietnam and at disputed features like Vanguard Bank. Um, and most recently, the case around the West Capella drill ship in Malaysia's economic zone. That's all about asserting territorial claims. It's about asserting these excessive maritime claims and saying that we've mapped out the area. Our survey vessels are allowed to operate there without any permission because it's our territory. We've made that abundantly clear through mapping out these areas. We have found these underwater features and we've given them these names to show that they are ours. It's a very psychological kind of motive, and the motivation for doing it is very different from what 
the USA or Japan or India would do. So it's the same kind of motivation at play in the other features that China is claiming among these these 80 obscure geographical features under and above the water. How about the, the, the features above the water? I understand there are some in the Paracels. Right. So there's two groups of uh, above sea features that China has now named. One is in the Paracel Islands. Uh, in this area kind of called the Crescent Group, although most people don't know it by that name. It's basically Antelope Reef and Duncan Island. Antelope Reef is a fairly sizable kind of fringing reef. It's, it's not particularly big, but China has built a settlement on there since 2012. And Duncan Island, which hosts a Chinese port. And they've named about 12, 13 features that are above the sea. And I say that very, very, very loosely above the sea in that area. Some of these features we've highlighted in our multimedia piece, for example, Kwangzai Beidao, which is on Antelope Reef, and quite frankly, would be considered a part of Antelope Reef. There's no reason to distinguish it from that feature itself. It's just this little spit of land barely above the water. Other features claimed in the South China Sea, or in the Paracels, are things like Yangnan Ansha, which is completely underwater. It's a sandbar. It doesn't even come above the water at high tide or really even low tide. It's a, a bit ridiculous, but that's the general pattern. China has named and claimed various sandbars, uh, bits of sand, bits of land, bits of reef, and given them names like, you know, uh, West Key Island or, or Basket North Island, but none of them would qualify as islands whatsoever. How about in the Spratleys? Right, so in the Spratleys is something a bit more interesting. They named about 13 features specifically on West Reef. So West Reef in the Spratleys is occupied by Vietnam. And West Reef itself is one whole feature. It's, it's a very small, we're not talking very big, it's a very small reef. And China has named every individual component of it as an island or as its, its own separate reef, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, West Reef currently has two outposts on it from Vietnam, uh, one in the east part of it, one in the west part of it that's quite a bit smaller. And China has actually pointed those out on its list and given them names with, you know, historical meaning. I believe they've called Vietnam's westmost outpost something like Longby Reef, which means like Dragon's Nose Reef. And then they have another one called like West Key West Reef. But they refer to artificial outposts built up by Vietnam. So they're, they're giving Chinese names to outposts that are occupied by Vietnam. Yeah. And, and the other parts of the reef, too. And these these features that they're naming basically surround the, the Vietnamese outposts, is that right? Yes, that's completely correct. It's actually one of the things that caught my eye at first was that they named each component part of this and they completely surround these Vietnamese outposts. It's it's interesting. So what of the what's been the reaction of other claimant nations like Vietnam to these this naming of eighty new features? Right. So Vietnam has been the most vocal in protesting against it. Uh, they've made it very, very clear this list is ridiculous. Um, you cannot name these features. A lot more attention has been paid to the administrative districts that I mentioned earlier. Vietnam and the Philippines both protested those. But the, the overall response has been fairly moot or mute just because no country really understands what the point of naming these features is. Like I said, China has done it before. And nobody regards it as legally valid. Vietnam just recently is now, there's some rumors going around that Vietnam may take China to court over the South China Sea issue. And this would almost definitely be part of that proceeding if it did come to that. These naming of features on the basis of historic rights. 
which, like I said before, has been struck down at international court once, and it'll probably get struck down once again. Okay, so it seems like this step is is just going to sort of compound the idea that China is trying to assert its sovereignty over the whole of the South China Sea. So what does this mean, you think, for the attempts to get some sort of diplomatic resolution to how different nations conduct themselves in that area? Well, currently, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations and China are supposed to be hashing out the diplomatic code of conduct for the South China Sea, which would supposedly figure out how to maneuver around in the South China Sea for all the claimants without provoking conflict. It's somewhat vague about what it will accomplish, but uh, one of the reasons Malaysia lodged its note in the UN earlier in December, actually, was likely because they weren't happy with the way the code of conduct negotiations were going, largely because things like this, naming these features and setting up these administrative districts, are China's attempt to clearly say, like, we are not withdrawing any of our arguments, like any of our claims in the South China Sea. We're not withdrawing any of it. If you name and claim these underwater features well within the coastline of Vietnam, another claimant state, you're saying, like, no, we still have historic rights, a very dubious legal value. If you name these above sea features in the Paracels and in the Spratleys, and you call them, you know, West Key Island, Dragon's Nose Island, whatever, and they're clearly not islands under no standard, but they qualify as islands, you are not backing down from your initial position. So the code of conduct negotiations cannot be going that well. I believe they're supposed to wrap up in 2021, but I don't see how that's even possible at this point, just because China's not backing down from any of its absurd claims. It's not backing down from any of its arguments, and it's definitely not negotiating in good faith if it continues to make these sorts of unilateral decisions. Right. And it's kind of in the face of Vietnam, which is the current chair of ASEAN as well. Right. And that's definitely purposeful. Okay, well, Drake, thank you very much for walking us through your story and your reporting on these new features named by China in the South China Sea. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for having me.